0: live or if you're catching it after the fact. Um, hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. We're, we're onslaughting you with a lot of different Bengals coverage throughout the week, and hopefully you enjoy everything we have been bringing you. We're going to go through a lot of different headlines today. Some kind of, maybe not headline stories per se, but some talking points around the Cincinnati Bengals and some news around the NFL as the Bengals fell to 1-4-1. and one against the Indianapolis Colts. Another game that the Cincinnati Bengals could, should, would have won after failing to secure a win when they had a 21-point lead early in the game. So um, that's always fun to start your week off talking about that, right? So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, some headlines around the Cincinnati Bengals as we move forward here. I'm going to be going through not only some stories that are on cincyjungle.com but also nfl.com ESPN, bengals.com, all kinds of different uh, areas so we can catch you up on what's going on around the league, what's, what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals in the aftermath here the Bengals do have a critical critical game and you know a lot's going to be said this week on a variety of different podcasts including ours but a lot this game against the Browns at home this week for the Cincinnati Bengals for Zach Taylor, a guy who is now three eighteen and one as an NFL head coach, a guy who is one eleven and one in one possession or close football games as an NFL head coach, um, you know, basically this game against the Browns, we know we know what the Browns, the Battle of Ohio, means to the Brown family. We know that there is still bad blood and still some hard feelings on behalf of the Brown family, based on what happened to Paul Brown decades ago in losing that franchise. And then of course, going and starting with the Cincinnati Bengals. So if the Bengals get, and there is some news by the way about going into that game. So we'll talk about that. But if the Bengals end up losing that game against Cleveland at home, and if it's by a wide margin, it's going to be interesting to see how the team reacts getting swept by the Browns and, um, you know, that was kind of a feather in the cap for Zach Taylor last year to end the season on a, on a win against the Browns. Um, if, if the Bengals get swept on their ho- home field and lose handily to the Browns this time around, I, I'm very curious to see what the reactions are, will be inside of Paul Brown Stadium and outside of Paul Brown Stadium. Very, very curious to see what will happen if that's the case. It, very curious to see what happens with the Cincinnati Bengals season if they get a win. Are they able to turn things around at that point and get a win against a division rival? Get get some wins in some of these tougher games, and then they have an easier back part of the schedule. We'll see. But this is this is another one of those pivotal weeks for Zach Taylor, the Cincinnati Bengals, not only for 2020 but for the direction in the next couple of years for this team. So let's go through some of these. I'm gonna I'm gonna share some things here. I'll share my screen for those watching via our YouTube channel. By the way. Um, over by my left shoulder, right around this area. If you're watching on YouTube, there should be a little, little orange and black Insider icon. Go ahead and click that. Subscribe. We love our subscribers. Subscribe to our Cincy Jungle channel of podcasts wherever you get your audio podcasts, and do us a favor. Leave us a review, especially through iTunes, that uh, boosts our visibility a little bit. So we appreciate some ratings there. If you can, if you can. Be so kind to do that. We would greatly appreciate it, and hopefully you enjoy what we bring you on the Orange and Black Insider, what Ace and Zim bring you on Orange is the New Black and New Stripe City, and of course, Matt Minnick and his Chalk Talk episode. So let's get to it, shall we? Let's start with an article from, let's go with bangles.com, just some post-game quotes. Let's start there. And hopefully, those of you joining in, I I just wanted to. This was on the Bengals news uh, links that we have on cincyjungle.com for the day, but I wanted to just give you a couple of quotes from Joe Burrow, really about the last play where he threw the interception. And of course, involving A.J. Green. So just a couple of post-game quotes in case you did not see or hear those. Can you take us through the last play? What did you see in that interception? They were blitzing and they were playing palms, which is basically quarters, is what Burrow said. We saw something. I just have to make a better play, make a better decision, a tough one. Next question. You got A.J. Green involved on a more productive level. Uh, Green, I believe, had eight catches for about 96 yards yesterday, if I remember correctly. Uh, Between T. Higgins and A.J. T. Higgins, by the way, had 125 uh, yards, his first 100-yard game as a pro. Between T. Higgins and A.J., you almost had two 100-yard receivers going for yourself out there. Was that good for you to see and feel? Quote, yeah, A.J. played really, really well. That was good to see. We need to build upon that this week in practice. And then just another, uh, another couple of quotes here. Did you see Julian Blackman on the interception at the end? No, I did not. I knew he was over there somewhere. I didn't know he was that tight. The first thing, and then the next question, the first thing you said after last week's game in Baltimore was you weren't very good with your eyes today. Do you feel like you were a lot better with your eyes today by what you saw out there? Yeah, I mean, I played really well for three quarters and 14 minutes and then one bad play and wasn't able to convert. So a couple of things here. Joe Burrow seemed, by most accounts, pretty irritated during the post-game conference, rightfully so. He threw the interception to end the game, but also just the losses are piling up for the Bengals, and that is something he is not accustomed to. And granted, I point out that interception, if you watched or listened to our post-game show yesterday, you would have known that I pointed out a number, a number of plays that could have been made, did not. were not made, that sort of thing. So it's not just the interception at the end. It's not just the Randy Bullock missed goal There are a myriad of plays that the Bengals could have made and did not um, play calls by the coach that were pivotal in this game, not just the interception at the end. So I don't want to make it seem as if I am giving the loss to Joe Burrow because of that last interception. That was obviously a killer, but uh, there were many, many other instances in that game where that game could have been won. I just want to say this. um, It is good to see A.J. Green step up, especially in a week where that was just emphasized and that he showed visible frustration last week and against a pretty dang good defense in Indianapolis and a guy who's having a renaissance year, Xavier Rhodes. Green had uh, quite a few nice plays against him. You know, I mentioned this on the post. One of the the plays that could have been made or or should have been made arguably yesterday was the deep ball to Green where he kind of just let the ball come into him. Maybe a tiny, tiny, tiny bit underthrown by Joe Burrow. But Green, I kind of feel like you go up and you get that catch. And then all of a sudden you've got a gigantic day for A.J. Green, statistically speaking. But still a good day. He had a really nice catch at the end of the game on the sideline. Very nice, you know, toe tap and go down and get it. So... Definitely his best game we have seen for a very long time from A.J. Green. T. Higgins is emerging as probably the heir to A.J. Green. Um, he's, he's making plays all over the field, so he looks like he's going to be a star for this team, and, and obviously the rapport is there between Higgins and Burrow. But the last interception, I just want to say this before we move on, that's the, that's the type of play that Burrow, and, and a throw he likely made quite often at the college ranks with success. And unfortunately, the windows are tighter. Guys are faster. These are the best of the best college players that are playing in the pros. And that was just kind of one of those rookie throws, right? Uh, Just didn't see the defender really thought he had someone open and the the window closed a lot faster than he thought it would. So, um, you know, that's one of those you live and you learn. Hopefully, again, rookie quarterback, you make that mistake, you move on. Overall, Joe Burrow played pretty well yesterday, despite that interceptions. So let's move on to snap counts. I'm going to share this with you. This is on cincyjungle.com. The snap counts yesterday, kind of some interesting stuff going on here. And we're going to talk more about this gentleman, number 96 in just a second. Um, If you go down here, uh, Akeem Davis Gaither, he had about 50 plus snaps last week against Baltimore. He's at 26 for this week. So, You know, definitely a different game plan. Giovanni Bernard had a significant uptick in snaps, and I thought that was interesting, too. He had 35 this week. Part of that was because Joe Mixon left the game with a foot injury briefly, but I thought for some of the very questionable game decisions, play calls that Zach Taylor made, I did like some of the designs. If you notice, Bernard and Mixon were in the backfield a couple of different occasions, and definitely on one of them, a big play to Tyler Boyd early in the game was made because you're keeping the defense guessing. And what you're able to do there is even though you're going light on the offensive line um, and light with blockers technically up front, Gio Bernard, and if you watched that game yesterday, he had a couple of really great pass protection plays. And, um, you know, that's not what you want out of your, you know, athletic receiving back, but he's a guy that has, I've said it for years. He is very undervalued as a pass protector and one of the things you can do is when you have both of those guys, Mixon and Bernard, in the backfield, you're able to disguise quite a bit of what you're trying to do on offense. And worse comes to worse, which is what they did and on one of these plays when both of those guys were in the backfield, they used Bernard as actually a pass protector, and that was his role, even though they had them both back there. So very interesting. I hope that's something that continues on in terms of using that look going forward. I think, I think the Bengals could you know, do a, a lot of different effective things with both of those guys on the field at the same time. You could even split Gio Bernard in the slot if you want and have Mixon in the backfield. You could do a lot of different things with those guys. And I, I think that the more that you get both of them involved, the better this offense is. Even though Mixon is your bell cow guy, the guy you paid a lot of money to, I, I think once you kind of are able to utilize both of them. And you saw Burrow dump off a bunch of passes to Bernard this week, or, or a couple of them at least when things started to kind of break down around him, he kind of just shot a little outlet pass to Bernard a couple of times, which ended up becoming a positive play. Instead of taking the sack, instead of, you know, scampering and taking a hit hit himself, he gave the ball to Bernard and made a positive play out of something that was seemingly nothing. So um, anyway, interesting snap count between those two there. Uh, Darius, Darius Phillips, who you, you can see here, there was some, questionable social media post by him talking about, quote, not wasting his talent, et cetera. He had 30 snaps. This coaching staff seems to like LaShawn Sims. Uh, Sims had 34. Phillips had a rough day yesterday. Phillips had a really rough day. He had a good game against Baltimore. He's kind of had an up and down season starting. Look, I think we kind of knew that would maybe come. He's still a little bit of a raw prospect. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism, but he just doesn't have the snaps, And I think, you know, they had to thrust him into a high profile role because of the injury to Trey Waynes earlier than they wanted to. So, you know, I think, you know, if you've got Phillips as your number three or four corner, that's pretty ideal at this point in time instead of your number two guy. He struggled yesterday and Phillip Rivers really kind of had a field day against the Bengals secondary with the exception of really Jesse Bates, who continues to play very, very well. Here are some of the snap counts here. Of course, Joe Burrow, all 73 offensive snaps. John Ross, active because Auden Tate had the shoulder injury. One offensive snap. One offensive snap. I thought this was going to be a game where they were going to try and see what they had out of him, utilize him, uh, especially when you're up 21-0. Maybe try and get him a, a, sw- a swing pass, a little slant, something to get get some yards after the catch and get him going, get his confidence going, one one snap, one snap. Alex Erickson, three snaps, and one of which was on the final. I think he was the target on the final interception there, so uh, only three snaps on offense. A.J. Green, 58 uh, snaps. He played close to 80%. You see Mackenzie Alexander playing a good chunk. William Jackson playing 98% of the snaps. Darius Phillips, only 48. Von Bell, every single defensive snap. He was out there, and unfortunately, it was to mix results. Uh, Gio Bernard, you see 48. Joe Mixon, 53. So you can see there, obviously, that's not a complete split. There were a couple of instances where they were out there at the same time. Jesse Bates, 63 snaps. Of course, Samaje Pirine with the infamous fullback dive on third down. Oh, boy. Three offensive snaps there. Sean Williams only playing 10 defensive snaps. Interesting stuff there, Logan Wilson three. So check this one out, but uh, the snap counts were very, very, very interesting across the board here. Um, and I guess what we can do is we can go next to, I'm looking for, uh, looking to see if I can find Carlos Dunlap snap snap counts here, because I, I seem to be missing it, but uh, I, that's where I'm gonna go next. Here he is right here, 28 snaps, uh, only 44% of the defensive snaps. Now, that's especially interesting given the injuries on the defensive line. Geno Atkins, only 18 snaps, 29%. So they are easing him in. And those are your two kind of franchise cornerstone defensive players, even though they are up there in age. 28 snaps and 18 snaps, respectively, for those guys. So let's go. And something that came up today, before we get to more news, here. This, if you go to the Bengals, I don't know if you guys follow, if you guys have, all of you have Instagram accounts or what have you, but this is a picture that the Bengals Instagram had here about Jesse Bates. And last night, shortly after the game, Carlos Dunlap comments, he literally looked at me while I was on the sideline, practicing social distancing from the field said he was going to make the play to put us in position to win. So a little passive aggression from Carlos Dunlap. And there was another post down here responding to a poster. Well, I'm an outside linebacker now. So, and a bunch of different emojis. We've seen Carlos Dunlap a couple of times talk about, you know, make kind of these comments publicly. I think if you know what what if you know his ha- Twitter handle and his Instagram handle, the employee 96 thing, that was a deal a couple of years ago that he started calling himself because it was something to the effect of, I'm just an, an another employee. I'm not a star player. And it was kind of a little, if I remember correctly, I think it was something where he was trying to get a contract extension. And he was kind of saying, I'm just another player. I'm just another guy. Um, and it was maybe a little jab at the, at the organization, but also just kind of him being funny. Uh, Take that for what you will. I don't know if it's anything. I don't know if it's just frustration, but we are seeing a number of Bengals veterans, some of their best players, be frustrated from not only the losing, but their decrease in roles and all of that. A.J. Green, Carlos Dunlap have voiced frustrations. Darius Phillips, Sean Williams. Um, you know, you had Auden Tate's agent coming out a few weeks ago saying "Trade, trade him if you're not going to use him. I don't know, guys. I don't know if we are going full blown, you know, locker room panic button here, but uh, or or you know, we talked about this on the on the Narragansett pregame show yesterday. You know, it may be just a a combination of factors. These guys aren't liking that Father Time is catching up with them. They don't like that a new coaching staff isn't coddling them, maybe the way that Marvin Lewis liked to coddle veterans, and their you know their roles decreasing, and of course the team's losing. So. This probably isn't a talking point if the team's not losing, but we'll see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm going a little long on some of these topics. I apologize. We're going to get to more and I'm going to hurry through these a bit so we keep this a manageable episode. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. And uh, happy to have all of you with us. We've got a lot, of, a lot of people joining us for a Monday afternoon. Hopefully, you're either back at work or taking time off of work or I don't know, enjoying yourself. However you spend your Mondays and uh, hopefully you're not letting this loss in the one four and one record get to you too bad here. Yeah. I see, I see Michael Lee here. We should be three and three at worst. I see that. And uh, that's something I, I talked about yesterday on the, on the pre uh, the post game show, rather it's a, it's a team that, you know, very well could have three wins at this point, And all of a sudden you've got a very different looking team and a different outlook on this season, if that's the case. So let's go to a couple, I, I'm not going to go through this a bunch cause we've shared some of it already, but if you have not had the opportunity, go to the Bengals news, the link, uh, the link dump, I guess, if for lack of better, better words, thanks to Patrick Judas at cincyjungle.com. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff from bangles.com here and uh This is another quote, I I believe from Joe Burrow quote. I'll have to watch the film. I'm not sure we didn't convert on third downs the way that this might've been um, maybe Zach Taylor. Uh, We did stay out of second and long. We were fishing on first down. We just got to finish those third downs. Um, Talking about the fast start on bangles.com. And then this is the one I'm, I'm going to share with you here. Um, You know, there's other stuff about the the team and whatnot and uh, on bangles.com. I'm going to share this one from ESPN.com from good friend of the show, Ben baby, who was on our show right before the week one kickoff talking bangles with us. He is the ESPN beat writer for the bangles. This is the um, give this, give this one a read. Talking about the Bengals and their inability to close close games. Here it is, folks, right here. One, eleven, and one in one score games under Zach Taylor. Now the the glass half full man or woman would say, Well, that means they're they're really close to something special. If they have that many, if they have 13 one-score games in a matter of of gosh what 22 total games under Zach Taylor if they have that many one score games obviously they're doing something right In in some ways they're keeping it they're they're keeping games manageable they just need a couple more pieces here and there okay I guess I could see that argument but the other side of the coin is you're, you're still not learning how to win these games you're still not learning when you have a three touchdown lead how to put a good team away when really the the game kind of fell into your lap. When you get a 21 point lead on early in the game against the, basically the number one defense in Indianapolis, you, you go for the throat. And unfortunately there were instances in that game, the fullback dive call, the subsequent field goal call that ended up being a miss you're, you're not being overly aggressive. And it was interesting that early in the game, Zach Taylor was aggressive with the Bengals going forward on a fourth and goal, Burrow punches it in. Um, yet later in the game, game's kind of getting out of control. You got to do something as a big momentum boost to your team. You make a bad play call, and you didn't really lose yards. You just were kind of there, and you opt for a 47, 48-yard field goal on the road instead of a very short yardage, situation in which you were successful at the goal line earlier in the game. So th- it's those decisions that make you really cringe when you see that record that 111 and 1 and then of course, you know, uh, you can say hey, they're close, but at some point you got to start you've got to start tipping that that scale in your favor in the win column. And uh, they are not finding ways, they're actually finding ways to lose. They're finding ways to lose and That's what's troubling to me. But good article here by Ben Baby. Check that one out about the Bengals. um, The Bengals inability to close in close games. Let's kind of transition. This is a nice segue to the Bengals upcoming game against Cleveland. In case you didn't know yesterday, the Browns ended up replacing Baker Mayfield with Case Keenum in the game. Uh Baker was hurt going he was questionable going into that into that game, but he had a he has kind of a chest injury and uh he it was not a good day by Mayfield. He did throw an interception and he did have a touchdown as well, but it's not a good day, and they brought him out, and then of course the game got out of control. 38 to 7. The Browns, who were four and one going against the uh the undefeated Steelers there, just got ran out of the building there. But it we don't know if he if this how this is going to affect him this week against the Bengals. There is a possibility that Baker Mayfield doesn't play or maybe a similar scenario plays out where he starts the game as just is not able to go. So we we'll see, but there is a possibility the Bengals face Case Keenum this week. Uh, obviously something to monitor going forward, but Baker Mayfield is dealing with an injury and was removed from the game yesterday against the Steelers early. Moving on to just some other items around the NFL. The Tennessee Titans, who are one of the best teams in the league, unfortunately took a major, major hit this week. Uh, Taylor Lewan, their offensive tackle, Confirms he tore his ACL. This is courtesy of Pro Football Talk and multiple, multiple sources. Um, so, um, it went on his Twitter account. I wanted to let everyone know I got the MRI today. I tore my ACL yesterday against Houston. So uh, Ty Sambrello, a, a longtime veteran in the NFL, replaced him. And uh, they also, I guess, they have the old the Georgia kid that I think a lot of Bengals fans were hoping would fall maybe into the second or third round to them. And uh, Isaiah Wilson, a guy who really shot up draft boards late in the process last year. So he may be a guy they use uh, around there. So they've got some depth, but uh, Taylor Lewan is one of the best tackles in the league. And unfortunately he will be done for the rest of the year. We've talked about Burrow. Now it's time to talk about one of his classmates in the draft. It was two a time in Miami. He got, uh, they, they, the Dolphins had a win against the Jets, by the way, everybody has, and that's where we're going next. Uh, he came in to the game, um, in the just kind of final, final few plays of the game, but there was two a time in Miami and, uh, he, he had a seven yard completion and, um, Basically just handed the ball off for there, but uh, he did go two of two for nine yards, but he's in there at at least for uh, garbage time there. It is still Fitzpatrick's job to lose. We don't expect to see more Tua going forward, but hey, look, regardless of how Burrow's career ends up, Tua's career ends up, uh, Herbert's career ends up, it's just good to see Tua out there based on that pretty nasty injury that he had at the end of the college season last year. And, um, you know, just going out there, even if it's in garbage time, good to see him out there playing and getting, getting some reps. And I think he was pretty excited about that. So to a time so far, the big three, the big three quarterbacks have taken um, at least some snaps in the 2020 season. Obviously Herbert and Burrow getting significant snaps Um, Burrow all but one, (laughs) but uh, to a, did get some snaps on Sunday with the Dolphins. Now, this is, I know we're not a Jets channel. I know we're not a Dolphins channel here, but this is maybe something that can resonate a little bit with Cincinnati Bengals fans. There are a lot of fans I'm already seeing in the comments, pretty frustrated with Zach Taylor, but this is Adam Gase, the head coach of the Jets, saying, uh, you know, he's not he's worried about being winless, not about his job security quote, it sucks being 0-6. Well, at least the Bengals aren't 0-6. They're about one and a half games better than that. But I I think a lot of people are wondering why Adam Gase continues to have a job right now. uh, There is a startling regression of Sam Darnold and or no growth being seen by Sam Darnold and that that was really what Gase was hired for is to bring in Sam Darnold and make him one of the best quarterbacks in the league and it's not happening probably on both for both Gase and Darnold the reasons for both of them but um, you know I I don't know it sounds like the Jets are being pretty patient it sounds like the Bengals are going to be very patient with Zach Taylor and um, you know there's just there are some parallels here but uh, for now the Jets who seem to be the worst team in the league right now um, they don't seem to be making any coaching decisions rash ones at least at this point so this another headline that may resonate with some Bengals fans that's going to do it here for this the Monday news jump here on October 19th getting your week started I'm Anthony Cazenza with cincyjungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast check out all of our podcasts we've got a, a show coming up Wednesday night Uh, John Sheeran and myself will do kind of a a, a deep analysis of what happened in week six and what's ahead week seven against the Browns. Can't believe we're already in week seven crazy. And uh, you know, we've got some stuff towards the end of the week, including a pregame show by Narragansett beer and a postgame show after the week seven results. So keep it to us and uh, check out what we've got and then keep it to cincyjungle.com for all the written news, opinions, analysis, everything on Jungle. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I will see you soon. Hopefully we got your week started off right despite the loss.